0: ha oh, Houdini, we are live, my friend. First time of the 2023 season. Bearcats winners in this one. What do we get for the final score? 69-58, taking down Illinois-Chicago. The waiting room is off. We are up. Houdini loves it. He's cheesing now. Uh, Let's start off with the first topic. That is uh, A-Day-Day. A-Day-Day. Day-Day Thomas, 14 points to lead the Bearcats in this one. Houdini, what would you think of our man running the point guard? It looked a little sloppy at times, but I I just love that play where he crammed it back and I thought he was about to throw down and then wound up about six feet away from the basket. I was like, what's he doing there?
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking um he did the nutmeg and then tried to tomahawk dunk it and I was thinking I'm like there's no way in hell this guy can actually pull that off and then he had another dunk later in the game. So he had, he's got some bunnies on him. Um I thought he played great. He was a little sloppy just like everyone else that that played um but I was excited with what I saw from him cuz he was probably the biggest wild card coming into this. Um, but yeah, he looked awesome, honestly. I know he he had a couple of turnovers, bad turnovers. The three point shot clearly wasn't there, along with the entire team. Uh so we gotta work on that. But um as far as Day is concerned, I was pleasantly surprised.
0: We hopped in the uh the group chat about meh, fifteen minutes into the game or whatever, and and someone, I'm not gonna name any names or point any fingers of which Bearcat fan said he kind of reminds me a little bit of Chris McNeil with how out of control he's playing. But um Aside from a few plays here and there, and Jizzle did the same thing, I thought, when he tried to penetrate the lane where he was a little bit out of control... I say first game jitters. That's all that is. Kind of like first show jitters here. There's a reason why we're five minutes late. I'm running around pulling out my hair trying to get this broadcast ready in time. Uh, the producer, the director, and the co-host today. But yeah, the Bearcats went at 69-58. Day-day Thomas did lead the way. Six of 13 from the floor. One of five from deep. Uh, the Bearcats as a whole, five of 25 from three-point range this season. I don't I think this is going to be a horrible shooting team. I just think Lukosius was firing him up and not hitting anything in this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, CMOS, um, he'll find his lane. I know he can shoot it. Um, he had a yeah, he couldn't hit a damn shot all game. He, he one of his worst games. Um, you know, I watched him play at Butler a few times and uh, he always tore it up. So I'm not really too worried about him. The the rest, you know, besides CJ Frederick from deep. I get a little bit worried there. Uh, I don't know if uh, Jizzle James is looking like a running back, looking like Edron out there. He's got the uh, the bicep wristbands too. That looks like a legit, you know, running back in the NFL. And he's yeah, he he's got the quick twitch. He's bouncing around up and down. Um, you can tell he's a freshman, but he's definitely, if anything, an athlete. Um, but yeah, I, I think the shooting is going to be a problem. The the defense I thought was. I mean, UIC for a little bit was looking like a, you know, a, a Kansas Jayhawks offense with some of our switching. Um, perimeter defense was poor. Obviously, Newman helped that out a little bit, but that's what I get worried about is the defense, the rim protection. We didn't see much from, um, and it looks like we might be with Odie and Vic. That might be it. We hope that's not the case. Um, but I thought that was, um, Yeah, that stuck out to me. We had no rim protection at all. These guys were driving left and right, um, beating guys off the dribble. So I I didn't love that.
0: Uh, The big issue for Cincinnati was just size. Uh, They they struggled in the paint with a much smaller team. 39 rebounds for Cincinnati. UIC was right there with 36 boards. Victor Locken and Odio Guama, the only two, I guess, really true forwards and centers on this team right now with Aziz Bandego and Jameel Reynolds and eligible. A fired-up Wes Miller addressed that after the game. It's bittersweet when you win and two kids that you think deserve to play are sitting in the street close. It's bittersweet. And those two dang kids deserve to be playing. It ain't right. It ain't right. So I, 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 I'm happy I am that we won the game. I feel like hell. I feel bad for those two kids. And yes, our team... Would be different with them. Yes, that's true. But, and I'll recognize that 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 would make us a better team. And heck, I want us to be a better team. But those two dudes, they they deserve to be playing basketball. I cannot see who what it serves to keep. I don't I don't know what it serves to keep them from playing basketball. He took a massive gamble this offseason. He has two scholarships open right now. If Aziz Bandango, who's from Utah Valley, is it Utah Valley State? I don't even know. The Wolverines, um, who's a who's a stud, by the way. I, I think he's Cincinnati's best player if he's eligible. The way that he can defend down low, the way that he can finish the oop. And quite frankly, he had some post moves last season. And then Jameel Reynolds, who's the transfer from Temple, who already lit up Cincinnati last year and was, I think, a 10-7 and guy in the AAC, that it would immediately come in and provide a big body. I said at the end of last offseason they need to go out and get a Karante DeBerry-type body. I don't know if he's a Karante DeBerry-type body. He's not that big anymore now that he's lost 50 pounds. But both those guys would help a ton down low. And look, Wes Miller deserves a lot of credit if these two are eligible. If they are ineligible, we got an issue right now because going into the Big 12, I think the guard play is going to be fine this season. I really like Lukosius. Um, I think Jizzle James is a fine backup point guard off the bench who can spell you some minutes for Day Thomas. I thought Dayday looked great. Dan Skillings looked pretty good. Um, he had 13 points, uh, second to only Day's 14. But the big's down low. Odie Oguama, Odie is who he is. And that's a good reserve player. Pretty solid reserve player, definitely in the AAC. We'll see in the Big 12. But Victor Lockin did not impress me tonight whatsoever. And if that's the one two punch you're heading into the Big 12, and if one of those guys get in foul trouble, the only person over six foot eight that you have sitting on the bench is Sage Tolentino. And I don't even know if Sage Tolentino is good, if he's bad, if he's. I don't know anything about him. I mean, he played for a split minute last year against Miami, and that's it
1: yeah i don't necessarily love the idea of you know sage matching up with hunter dickinson when we you know inevitably play kansas and the likes of those teams so i i love this roster with one of those two guys if we don't have one of the two bigs to get the waivers through then i think we're going to be in in some trouble when we're playing top caliber big 12 teams so i (laughs) Crossing my fingers, I don't know, Dave Yost, I, apparently he's you know pushing this agenda as well. Yeah, so let's, I don't know, let, let's hope, because it's going to be, it, we're not playing UIC you know, moving forward, so we, we got to figure it out from there. Um, if not, we might see a steady dose of Sage. Um, hey, I don't know, maybe he's going to be a stud. We don't know, but I'd love to get Aziz or Jameel Reynolds.
0: Yeah, because as, as you see in the middle there, the post play as of right now, is a little bit petrifying if you're running just those two into the Big 12. And then I think to myself, well, you know, maybe you play a little bit smaller like they did when, uh, I think, 2011 when Yancey Gates was a senior and there was the suspension there after the Xavier Brawl and they ran out the four-guard lineup with Yancey as the five. Maybe you do that with with Locken as your five, but that would require Locken playing better basketball than he did tonight. Uh, you could do that potentially with with CMOS, with Dayday, with Frederick. And with uh, Dan Skillings playing a small four, I just don't know how that works in the Big 12. And then my last question on the storylines is, who is the Cats' go-to player? They've had fide stars the years that they've been good. Sean Kilpatrick, um, Gary Clark, uh, Steve Logan go back to the days with with James White. Like, they've had these bonafide stars. As of right now, it seems like a collection of really good players, no one that really sticks out as the Cats' go-to guy. Although in the second half, it looked like it has a chance to be Dan Skillings. I mean, he his body looks better than it did last year, and he does look like he could be the guy that takes over for this team with a Day-Day Thomas. Is he good enough to to really vault them into the upper echelon in the Big 12? I don't know. I do know this. We need Dave Yost bad. The Attorney General of Ohio needs to step up and somehow get Aziz Bandago and Jameel Reynolds eligible. Because after what I saw tonight, I think with those two, this is a really good basketball team. Without those two, they're going to have to find a way to make it work. Maybe they run a little more than they did tonight and start pressing or something. Because down low, I mean, did they block a shot all night? I don't think they did. But I do want to talk about C.J. Frederick. He he showed the ability to heat up in a hurry in this one. One of the storylines, best catch shooter since I'm trying to think. He had one of those plays where he came off a curl. It was catch and shoot. It, it looked like vintage Tony Bobbitt. It.
1: I mean, that's a great question. I'd say is from just a pure shooting standpoint. Um, that's poetry in motion. I, I don't know if we've seen a guy that you know has a prettier looking stroke from deep than C.J. Frederick. Um, for example, what Landers Nolly ended up if you looked at uh his career numbers, he was shooting like 43% last year from three, something along those lines, but he 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 looked ugly doing it. Um, but I'd probably say since Kilpatrick, right? Um Tony Bobbitt, I like that blast from the past with a little sleeve. That was my favorite player for a number of years. Um but Let's just say he's the best shooter we've, we've seen in a while, and we need him. Obviously, we made five out of 25 threes, I believe, the final numbers were. So I having a lock, and when we told him that when we interviewed him, I was like, I've been begging for a three-point shooter, uh, just a dead-eye shooter on this team. So I'm so excited for it, and we got to see that. So hopefully that continues. I did almost have a panic attack when he rolled his ankle. So I'm like, Oh, there goes, there goes CJ for the year. Cause he's so prone to injury, but uh looked like he was fine. So I'm happy with it.
0: Ravon Griffith, man. When are we free in Ravon Griffith? I, I was really bummed that we didn't get to see any of them tonight.
1: Yeah, no, I saw that in the chat actually early. They were, which is a good point. They're saying, are we possibly going to redshirt shirt Ravon Griffith, which is certainly on the table. I didn't foresee that happening, but based on all the preseason chatter, no pun intended, um, it sounded like he wasn't really being brought up much. So I mean, we we have some decent wings. Um, you would think I, I don't know where Josh Reed falls into the equation. Is, is Josh Reed gonna continue to play? It, cause it kind of just seems like when he's in there, like nothing happens. It's just like, oh, there's there's Josh Sanders. Reed'll brick a three.
0: He, he's a young Jermaine right. Sanders, right? He kind of just runs around and, and you don't say his name ever until Mick Cronin forgets to to put him in the scorebook and you get a technical against Harvard, you know
1: right so i mean it and he could develop he's young he's young um but it, yeah he doesn't he's not showing much explosiveness i would think um Rayvon griffith might end up taking those minutes but we'll see i mean it's obviously super early if he doesn't play in the for any of these non conference games i think it's uh, safe to say we're going to redshirt him though which might not necessarily be a bad thing i know when um in scenarios like when you were claiming for uh evan prater to start quarterback uh last year um, and found out it was, it was actually because he wasn't very good at it is why I didn't play. So maybe Ravon's not ready. Who knows? That does happen from time to time.
0: Uh, Bearcats <laughs> only played nine in this one. John Newman, really the only player we haven't talked about, had a ferocious dunk. I, I, I mean, we saw it in the Wichita State game a couple of years ago where he threw down that one-handed tomahawk that he does have some bunnies. Um, he doesn't really do it for me offensively. That starting lineup that they ran out there with Oguama, Locken is the two forwards. John Newman is your three. Day-day Thomas and Lucotius. I don't like that five. Um, <laughs> Wes has got to figure out maybe you throw Skillings in there instead of Newman at the three, but Newman, Oguama, and Locken, those three in there at the same time, enough of that. I think I've seen enough of that lineup. Can you confirm? I don't...
1: Yes. I, I don't even know. I get it. With, we're playing, you know, it's the opening night game, but running out with that lineup, I, I was immediately turned off i'm like we you can't have Lockin in this day and age of basketball lock in and newman who who can't hit threes i mean they just flat out can't lock in they were like what was it uh what's his name terry was saying he's like he's got this new new piece of uh shooting in his arsenal this year and he airballed it by eight feet i don't need i don't need victor lock shooting threes okay maybe once in a blue moon um, but we need to spread the floor, and then he did that. He actually swapped Odie and put C.J. Frederick in in the second half to start, which I think is um, a more sustainable lineup. I don't think we're going to see Odie, Victor, Newman in a, in a starting lineup unless, unless things are going terribly wrong Um, because I don't think that's a winning recipe at all.
0: I don't know a ton about Illinois-Chicago. I know they're not expected to be good in the horizon this season, but hey, you win, great teams cover, cats don't cover in this one. Cincinnati's clearly not a great team as of right now. They only play the nine players, which is a little frightening to me because like I said, I thought that depth and versatility and being able to play a, a bunch of guys was going to be a strong suit of this team. But Rayvon Griffith doesn't even leave the pine, so they only play the nine. Then Aziz Bandago and Jameel Reynolds. I, I just I have an issue. I understand you go out in the portal and you bring in the best possible player um, thinking that they're going to be eligible, especially in today's day and age where the NCAA for the last three years hasn't cared about anything, and now all of a sudden they're cracking down on every single transfer. But to take both, knowing that you're going into the Big 12 when really the last three years, like even dating back to the Brandon era where Tari Eason wasn't even getting playtime over Rob Banks his freshman year, Cincinnati's just been garbage, garbage it, 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 with their post play in the interior. They They've been an abomination. Houston's eaten them up for years. And the fact that they're going into the big 12 right now with Sage Tolentino, who apparently can't sniff the floor. Like if he was good enough to play in a big 12 game, he would have been good enough to play tonight. So don't expect any of him. And even Dan Horde, who, you know, has to keep it, you know, somewhat by the vest. He was like, yeah, don't, don't be expecting much of Sage Tolentino this year. So the fact that we are going into the big 12 with the same exact interior as last year, it's coaching malpractice. Like, I, I just, I don't understand it. I do not understand it, Houdini. You take one of those guys, you definitely go after Bandango, but to go after both, knowing that they could potentially be ineligible, to me, it just, it, it was a gambler. It, it was a gambling move by Wes, and we'll see if it pays off as of right now. That's their clear weakness, because guard play, I thought they looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, I would agree, and I don't think to be fair to Wes, and you know, I guess you can. It's still at the end of the day on him either way. He, it, from all accounts, he did not think there was really any chance that these guys wouldn't be playing. Um, and it sounds like that's what the NCAA kind of put forth to these kids too, because Aziz or Jamil, they're not transferring if they think they have to sit out a full year. Just not what people do in this day and age. So everybody thought they were playing. Hell, I did. And now we got Dave Yost, the Attorney General. He's he believes they're playing. So I it it's a it's a weird time right now, right? As far as these transfers, cause obviously everybody thought they were gonna play. So I don't know how much we can pin it on Wes. I wish he would have maybe got one of them and then one sure lock, no matter what. This guy's suiting up. Cause yeah, Locke and, and Odie, who are both um they're, they're solid players. Like I, I think Odie's grown a ton. I saw somebody put in the chat there. I mean, he he probably was the most improved guy we had last year. Um, and I like them a lot. I don't think that we could go in with just those two guys as our staples in the paint. We saw what happened in the American. We were okay. You gotta be a lot better in the Big 12. So that that makes me nervous. But I'm just I'm just hoping they say, screw it. We'll just see them coming out of the tunnel in the uniform. Like we don't even care what the NCAA says. And we just play them. We'll deal with the ramifications later. Screw it. Screw it.
0: Screw it! That's our motto this year. <laughs> Cincinnati Bearcats basketball. Screw it. Screw um, c- Cats are one zero. They got Detroit Mercy on Friday. Here's the good news, man. We're going to be waiting a minute for Aziz and, and Jamil. It would seem because even if they are eligible, you would imagine it takes them a second to get up to speed. I mean, they are practicing, but game speed. You would imagine it takes them at least a few games, and that's fine because they got Detroit Mercy on Friday. They got Eastern Washington on Sunday. As long as they can get them for Northern Kentucky, you're feeling pretty decent about Cincinnati in that game. If they don't have them, I mean, you hope it's not two straight losses to Northern Kentucky. Then you got Georgia Tech, a road game at Howard. Uh, nothing crazy right there. Even without those two, Cincinnati could easily be 6-0, and heading into Florida Gulf Coast, make that 7-0. and We're not worried about Lob City. They don't have those guys there anymore. Then it's Xavier on uh, December 9th. So... A little over a month from today, the Bearcats' big test at Centos Center. Let's just get these guys eligible. As of right now, it feels like we're not talking about a full team. And if it is a full team, I'm slightly frightened. I was very excited about this team in the offseason. I still think Lukosius is going to play better than he did today, and he's someone that you can rely on with the Dan Skillings. Day-Day Thomas, I thought, was as good as advertised this offseason um, with C.J. Frederick calling him on one of the most impressive players on the team. I really like what I saw from Day-Day. Um, it, it just really is the bigs that, that scare me right now.
1: To your point, we don't have a necessarily a go-to guy just yet. It might be a combination of a skillings, uh, day day, lococious, depending on the day. But I'd love to have a guy like Aziz where the lob threat is there. He can block shots, protect the ball um at the rim. So I hate to we're sound like a broken record, but Aziz, Jameel, we need you guys on this roster. That's really what it comes Jeez. down to. So we're we're just praying for that. But I liked everything else that I saw. It was obviously pretty heinous shooting performance, sloppy. Um as you would expect, these guys are almost the entire roster is brand new. So a little sloppy, but I thought um, a lot of the guys showed uh, good promise for what we can expect this year.
0: Yeah, based on uh, Dan Skilling's stroke, I don't expect him to really be a big-time three-point threat this year or really at any point in his career. But you, you saw it, man. He can get to the basket. We were afraid that maybe he's like a, a Shaq Thomas or a Darnell Wilkes. He already is bigger than both those guys physically, um, stronger. And he, I think he's a little more polished and skilled, even at this young age. So you got to love what you saw from Dan Skillings, C.J. Frederick, the sharpshooter, Jizzle uh, James, didn't look like a freshman out there with the way that he was able to use his physicality, he was pretty good defensively. But when Dan Horde said he, he liked to speed it up a little too much to the point where it got a little sloppy out there, made him extra sloppy for you. Yeah, he he did look a little sloppy out there with a few turnovers, and he was zero of two from deep as well. Dayday looked great. CMOS is going to be better than that. Newman, he's Newman. Oguama was Oguama. Lockin, I thought he was. Um, I thought he was going to be a little bit better than he was in this one. But either way, Cincinnati wins it, sixty-nine to fifty-eight. That's the uh, the debut show here. We didn't even think we were going to have a show two minutes past the hour of um, eleven o'clock Eastern time. Late-ass game. Does it for Chatterbox Bearcats. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you like the show. Leave a five-star rating. And the big thing is, tell your friends. We want more Bearcats in the community. This is a podcast for the people. Go UC, everyone. 1-0 on the season.